Oh, hey, everybody. It's me, Vince. Uh, lore for this week is, you know, jumpsuits are blue. That's your lore for this week. You know, like and subscribe. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, episode 168. Hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing something fun and new and creative and different. Uh, hi. I'm your host, Vince. Um... Welcome to episode 168, like I said. It is Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. How are you? Um, it's always weird to jump right into a topic or an idea or what have you, especially since now it's just me and I'm still trying to figure out how to talk to myself and no one answers and whatnot for uh, trying going for an hour. I'm sorry that lately it's been a little less than an hour. Um, unless I have, like, Papa on. Uh, it's just, like I said before, I'm trying to get through everything and figure out how to do everything again from the start. And um, it's just part of the learning process, I guess. Um, there's not a lot that I want to talk about before we get into everything. Like I was saying before, the episodes have been shorter. This one will probably be a tad bit shorter as well. Uh, let's see what I have in my notes here. So at work, this kid... If you guys listen to the show before, you know I, I like to cook. And this kid that I work with is telling me so proud about how he knows how to make eggs. And I go, what do you put in your eggs? He's like, what do you mean, like seasonings? I'm like, yeah, like seasonings. What do you put in your eggs? And he's like, well, sometimes I put salt. Sometimes I put pepper. And if, I'm, if I have a lot of time and if I'm feeling real randy, I'll throw in some onions. And I'm like, that's amazing, dude. That's great. And I'm giving him shit for like being able to make like basic bitch shit. And, um, he was like, I can make eggs and I can make pasta. I go, can you make pasta fresh or do you open a box? There's a big, big difference between opening a box and making pasta fresh. Because for a while you could make a whole living on YouTube by opening up a box and going, look what's inside. And I was trying to be like, there's no real skill in opening a box and going, all right, uh, five minutes. If I want it al dente seven, if I don't. So this kid goes home. I go home after work and I don't talk to him over the weekend. And I come back to work on a, on a Monday and he's like, Hey man, all excited. Hey man, you remember that conversation we had? And I'm like, which one? The one about food? He's like, yeah. He goes, well, you know, I got to thinking of what you were saying. And I said to my mom that, um, I should learn how to cook something. He's a younger dude. He's, uh, I, I'd be surprised if he's, if he's just above 18 um, cause I think that's the best time to learn. You're about to like go out and do shit on your own and what have you. And, um, he's like, I went home and I talked to my mom and she's going to teach me how to make eggplant Parmesan. And I just like, was like, good. Thank God. You're going to learn how to make something. He's like, I need some tips. What do you recommend? What's your recipe? Cause I told him I had actually just made it recently. And I'm telling him, I was like, are you going to buy sauce? You're going to make sauce. If you're going to make it, you got to It's so simple. Buy good garlic, uh, buy good olive oil. Uh, I'm telling him if you're going to buy sauce, you're only allowed to buy one kind of sauce because it's the only good jar sauce. And the only reason you should ever buy it is if you're in a pinch, it is a little more expensive, but it's delicious. And like, he's like, he, he took out his phone and like wrote notes and I'm telling him like, you need the good mozzarella. I said, don't buy Parmesan. I said, everybody goes for Parmesan. What you want is Pecorino. Pecorino is going to knock anybody's socks off that you're eating it because it's such a different taste. It's so, it's so dry. It's so, ah, uh, it's. It's so underrated. I've only had it a few times, and every time I've had it, I, I it, 
I'm upset that there's not little shakers of it at pizza places. That's how good it is. It was just cool to see that like I showed this kid that I love doing something. And I even said to him and I say to everybody when they say they want to they want to learn how to cook. I always say it's a skill that you will learn and you will not master it. But it's a skill that you will have and you'll be able to refine your entire life. And uh, he seemed excited. And then he came into work the next day and told me that he didn't do it because he went to Walmart after work to get his tires rotated and it took too long. But that being said, at least he tried. An effort was made. That's all you could really ask for. He seemed like he was into it. He seemed like he wanted to try it. It just made me smile. Made me happy. I love that meme. I might put it somewhere. It might be on screen. Depends on how much time I have. Nice. Nice. Made me happy. Made me smile. Nice. I bitch on here a lot about GTA 5 and how it's just this overdone, redundant, half-baked idea that kind of works and feels like it's mostly made to take money away from children's parents' credit cards. And um, for some reason, I just wanted to play it again. I think because of it, because of the social aspect of it, of just getting into a lobby with either your friends or a bunch of people you don't know. And my brother hit me out of nowhere and was like, hey, do you want to play GTA? And I'm like, yes, I do. But the only problem is he had my copy. When I left home, we were sharing a copy and I just gave him my copy. I said, here, take it. And um, I went out and I bought a brand new copy. My dumbass has bought GTA 5 like four or five times now. I think I bought like two copies for other people. I think I bought two copies for the 360. I just bought it. I bought it. I bought it like six times. The only game that I've ever bought more, <laughs> more games of is Fallout 3 right above my head. <laughs> uh, and I don't even like GTA 5. I tolerate GTA 5, but it's been fun. Like, I was playing it maybe like four times, like quarterly. I would like jump in for a week, like every four months. And then I jumped into it recently and there's a bunch of new stuff. There's not a lot of new clothing, but there's a lot of new stuff. Like there's a bunch of new heists. And because of it, like I got to reconnect with my old friend Alex and like, I really miss that dude. And I'm super happy that like, it, it's, it was like hanging out again, like 10 years ago. And it just... You know, it's something nice. Like, he's one of those... I, I hope everybody in their life at least gets one friend who's willing to do bits. Who's always willing to just go on a tirade with you about nothing. And it's funny, and it may only be funny to the two of you, but that's all that matters. Like, <laughs> Alex and I had this one ongoing bit about if we got pulled over by the police. <laughs> and I was like, no, sir, I don't have my... I don't have my wallet on me because I'm just going to the Dollar General. Like I have, I have a ten bucks that I that I pulled off the counter and I just went. He's like, oh, and he's playing the cop. He's like, oh, so how far do you live from here? And we're doing this whole thing, and I, and he's like, so you left your kids at home by themselves? I'm like, no, sir, they're at home with my husband. I'm not gay. It was funny. We had a whole thing going, and it's just like I hope everybody gets one person in their life that they're willing to do that with. And I've been playing this friggin' open world sandbox a jig and like really having fun like i had a bunch of money saved up because i was like i said playing quarterly and i wound up uh <laughs> i wound up buying like a really expensive car like a car that cost almost like five million in-game dollars and i'm just flying around the city 
just it's it's uh the DeLorean, but it's the DeLorean from Back to the Future. I don't even like Back to the Future, but Kyle had it and he was showing it to me. And I was like, Kyle, this is the most fun I've ever had driving in this game. And I've had this game forever and bought it multiple times. So I was like, I have to get it. So Kyle, Kyle showed me uh, a heist. Kyle, Kyle and I got into a car and started stealing things. And made a little extra money after the end of the whole heist nonsense that, that you have to do in that game for the online portion. And I bought this car and like, I was just getting, like, I was excited to play something again, which is really strange for me. But I was like excited to hop on. I think Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, I don't remember the day. I got on, I got on at like five in the evening and just didn't get off, didn't get off until a very, very late. It's just, I'm having a lot of fun. I know there's a huge community that still plays it. I don't know if uh, buying shark cards and shit is the way to go. If that's what you like, go ahead. I wouldn't do that personally, but hey, have fun. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. If you guys are into like old, the old PS2 era of like platformers and whatnot, um, there was the announcement that Destroy All Humans 2 Reprobed <laughs> is coming to next gen, which I'm very excited about. I very much would like to play that. I played Destroy All Humans 2 before I, I played Destroy All Humans 1 a little bit, and I got the remaster, obviously, when it came out, because that shit rips. Um, but the second one I played like a lot of, like a lot, a lot of, I've beaten that game multiple times and I think that it's coming back and it's going to be nice and pretty, but still have awful sound quality. Like <laughs> the voice acting, I'm just all for, especially there's that part where you get to go to Japan and the, the gray ninjas, the black ninjas and the white ninjas fight and then the gray ninjas show up and then like Godzilla shows up and uh, Bik- battle for bikini bottom is getting a spiritual successor. I don't really watch trailers as some who listen or watch the show regularly may regularly may know. Uh, but I never thought that would happen ever. And then apparently there's like a, a Nicktoons. There's a Nicktoons fighting game that's coming out, but like the Nicktoons fighting game that's coming out doesn't use any voice samples. And it's just like, uh, 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 which I think is really dumb on uh, Nickelodeon's part. But hey, it's going to happen. I've recently learned that something very valuable that I've kind of taken for granted for a while is just the power of a good conversation Um, at work. Again, because that's where I spend all of my friggin time. Uh. Somehow I got to talk to this girl that I work with about something. I don't even remember exactly how the conversation popped up. But something came up about death and I was just like, and something happened and she sits up, I sits up and I eventually go, what do you think happens when we die? And I might have had a five to ten minute conversation with this girl who I don't really know, uh, who I've worked alongside of for a while, but I mean like. I just got her name right. I'm very bad with names. I'm a face kind of guy. You could tell me your name 45 times. I I will not remember. I'll remember your face, especially if you have like a defining feature, like neat glasses or dyed hair or a fifth chin. Like I'll remember that. But she like went on to this entire spiel about how she's like afraid to die and how she's afraid to like – one day the lights just go out and they don't come back on. And I kind of gave her my perspective of 
how I feel and how I think of things and what I think is special and important and whatnot. And they were very conflicting. She was afraid of it. And I was like, it's going to happen. How do you know it's not going to be good? How do you know you're not going to have a fun time? How do you know that it just stops? Or how do you know that there is a place that you can go to and you get to hang out with your grandma and Biggie Smalls on a beach in Peru or some shit? I don't even know. Is Peru landlocked? I don't know. Uh, but like, and I walked away from that and I was like, I need that constantly. <laughs> and, I, and I guess I just really didn't realize that I was missing out on like having a really deep conversation for a while. Um, but it's just something that like call your parents, do this. Because I actually, this happened to me a few months ago. Call your parents and ask them what their life was before you were born. If you're lucky enough to still have your parents, I know there are some sort of certain stipulations for some people. Uh, but even if you live with a grandmother or or something, or even if you are adopted, ask your adopted parents, hey, what was life like before I was involved in any manner? Because I, like my, I had a friend who told me recently uh, he was like his parents' fifth or sixth try, and there had been complications beforehand. And like I really appreciated him feeling that comfortable to tell me because – I thought about it and I thought about how his parents interacted with him growing grow, – because we grew up together. I'd known him since like third or fourth or fifth grade. And like his parents always loved the hell out of him. They'd let him do what he wants but not like in a bad way. Like they wouldn't let him like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Smoke crack and shoot heroin. They were just kind of like – they were chill. If he wanted to go out, he went out. If he needed a couple bucks to go out with some friends, here's a couple bucks to go out with some friends. And, like, it put every notion that I've ever had of him with his family in even more positive of a light because you could tell that his family, like, just genuinely loved him. Just, I don't know. I'm not I'm not telling you what to do other than like and subscribe. But, like, try to have a conversation that's more than just, hey, hot today, hot yesterday, going to be hot tomorrow. Like, just, you know. Also, Colorado's weather is beautiful, and I hate talking about the weather, but, like, I woke up to go to work today at, like, 7 o'clock. I was leaving my house, and it was 37 degrees. I can get used to that shit real fast. So Kyle just popped in, and uh, since since Olive left, what I've kind of done is I've kind of given Kyle the, the job, I guess, if you will, the role of um, producer. So I'm not entirely sure how every other podcast does it the way I'm doing it is that Kyle's the producer. So Kyle will sit in on episode. You might not hear Kyle, but more times than not, as of Olive's leaving, really, Kyle's been here. Kyle will sit in on the episode, sit in on the recording and just kind of hang out. And like, if I say something wrong, he'll correct me. Just little things. He'll look up things for me. So he just showed up. Everybody say, hi, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Uh, and he just said, now, I didn't know about this. Tomorrow, the 23rd, so this episode will be out by then. On the 23rd, Nintendo is having a direct, which means we might be getting our final Smash character. I don't play Smash anymore, but for some reason, I'm so enthralled by a new Smash character. Um, I very much, I had an idea for a great Smash character the other night. I didn't write it down, uh, but... My running thing is still Crash, Spyro, Tony Hawk, one of the GTA protagonists, the Doom guy, Master Chief. I'd like to see like a Fallout guy show up, but it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. The Dovahkiin should show up though. Like if anybody should, I really genuinely feel like it should be the Dove. I, I, I'm curious to see what this is. Maybe this will be Nintendo saying, hey, 
We're going to give you a bunch of emulated games. We know we hate emulated games. We're going to give you a bunch of emulated games to play on your Switch. So, you know, have fun with that. Maybe your boyfriend's, your, your girlfriend's boyfriend, your wife's boyfriend will buy them for you if you cash in enough good boy points. And, um, I don't know. They'll probably come out with a, with a N64 Bluetooth, because they just added Bluetooth support. Bluetooth support for a controller so you can play all those emulated games the way they were meant to be played. I don't know. I'm an old man who yells at clouds. Also, going back to the conversation we were having about um, Grand Theft Auto earlier in the episode, what's some of the shows you guys watched growing up? Because Kyle, uh, I always like to fancy myself someone who enjoyed animation of any sort, especially the stuff that I grew up with. And I'll even watch it now because like Powerpuff Girls to this day rips. I kind of want to get a tattoo of the girls either on my leg or on my arm somewhere. I kind of want to get a on this arm. This is my right forearm i'd like to get like a diagram of a pig on like a butcher's board like oh here's the back strap and here's the belly and here's the this and that um i'm not really one for tattoos i think a lot of them are dumb uh i would get them ironically <laughs> just because it's silly to me but kyle and i were talking with our friends on the playstation playing grand theft auto about some of the stuff we we grew up watching and kyle is a repository of just random ass obscure cartoons i think i'm good kyle was pulling shit out that was like french he was pulling i bet i bet 81 percent of the people who listen to this will not know the show sitting ducks for multiple reasons one of them being that it's not all that we not all of our listeners are just in the states but sitting ducks might have been a canadian animation or french animation i don't remember sitting ducks ripped it was about a du- it was a city that like this side was ducks and this side was alligators and there was a duck and an alligator that were good friends but they like, could like never see each other around other people or something and there was like a scooter involved i remember sitting ducks i remember being pretty damn good and like Kyle was bringing out like pbs and if you had p if you watch pbs shows either your parents pretended like they cared about your educational well-being and developmental abilities at an early age, or you just didn't have cable. And um, I always had cable, but I still watched it. So what does that say? But with the one show he didn't bring up that now that I'm thinking about PBS shows was Cyber Chase and Cyber Chase Collapse. And um, Gilbert Godfrey was the voice of the bird digit. But what I'm getting at is let me know what shows you guys watch, what shows you guys continue to watch in the comments or in the discord. There's a link to the description in the description to the discord. Jump in. We're always talking about something in either in the comments or the discord. So let me know what you like. Now, uh, to get into the rest of the episode, I'd like to get into the lore. The lore was picked out by somebody, but we have to do the Patreon first. Uh, thank you to anybody who supports the Patreon because of you guys. We can, uh, I can, with the help of Papa here. Like I said, he's in the shadows. He's behind the scenes. I can continue to do this. And I know soon I have to pay the podcasting fees and whatnot. And I'm by myself now. And uh, I don't know what I'm doing because I was Olive's department. I was the writer and shit. So, um... I will figure that out. I will cross that bridge when I get there. But we have to thank some people who help support the show. And starting from the top, we have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, we have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. 
After Danny, we have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. And last but certainly not least, we have to thank the person who picked out this week's lore. Bones Jones. Thank you to everybody who supports us on the Patreon. Um, like I said, your ongoing support means a lot to me. And I thank you. Uh, but that being said, let's get right into the lore. So today's lore is uh, another Fallout 76 piece of lore. And like I said last week, because last week was 76, I don't know a lot, if anything, about 76. I know very, very minor stuff. I jumped in it quickly when they put NPCs in. But I didn't really stick around all that long for when the NPCs were there. I didn't like that. I, I wanted to make a new character. I didn't like that I had to get to level 10 to do all the new stuff. But every week in the Discord, I ask a question. This week's question was, I was thinking of a color. I wanted to keep it kind of simple. And the answer was maroon. The navy of reds. And Bones Jones in the Discord got it. So if you'd like to hear any lore in particular, make sure you're in the Discord once a week. At the beginning of the week, I'll ask a question. And if you get the question right, you can pick lore for the week. So Bones Jones this week has picked out the Blood Eagles from Fallout 76. They have a conflicting origin story. Some in Appalachia say it was formed by members of a former biker gang with an antisocial behavior. Former gang member Beckett says it was formed out of a group of criminals and con men. Now, Bones wanted me originally to talk about the Blood Eagles and Beckett, but I uh, even messaged Beckett, or <laughs> I even messaged Bones and said that Beckett's lore was a lot more beefy than I was can that I was hoping it was or that I expected it to be for it being a Fallout 76 entry and I want to kind of keep Beckett to his own lore segment someday so if you pick lore someday maybe you'll pick Beckett um also like I think he could become a, ca a companion which I wasn't aware was like a thing 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 in 76 where they were like human companions because I just assumed all your companions would have been robots or dogs but I will be talking about Beckett at a later date if somebody picks it. Soon after this formation, more violent members joined and has uh, resulted in the current management. As of 2103, they have become more sadistic and cruel. They've also, they also have control over the Ash Heap, the Savage Divide, and the Cranberry Bog. Blood Eagles have taken control of older camps, and they have a large number of people and high-tech weapons because of it. This also makes them a constant threat. They love violence and bloodshed and attack on sight. Um, this is actually in their their gang code, which I'm going to read right now directly off the wiki. I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com. Uh, this is about the Blood Eagle code. And the Blood Eagle code reads, The Blood Eagles are only loyal to themselves and other Blood Eagles in that order. Vaulters, settlers, and raiders... Either join us or die. A Blood Eagle's power is short-lived if they don't stay hungry. Only the strongest survive and rise to the top. Only to be cut down by an un... Oh, an usurper? Usurper? Usur... How would they know that? No, I... Yeah, I, I know. Thank you, Kyle, as you chime in. Why the hell would these backwoods idiots that don't know, can barely, are the next generation of people, how the hell would they know the word usurp? 
Okay. Only the strongest survive and rise to the top, only to be cut down by a usurper or mutineer. And so the cycle continues. Torture is the course of action when a member falls out of line or sometimes just for fun. A true blood eagle has an unrivaled thirst for blood. It seems the apocalypse has deter. <laughs> it seems the apocalypse has a detrimental effect on our collective sanity. Honor means nothing. Survival means everything. Death is the answer. Okay, a few things I want to talk about quick. Them saying the apocalypse has a detrimental effect on our collective sanity. Our collective sanity kind of feels like. Like, maybe we were the Fallout all along. Like, maybe we really were the Fallout 76 the entire time. Like, I don't know. That kind of seems a little like, hey, remember? This is a post-apocalyptic game. I just, I want to know how they know what mutiny or usurping is. And the word detriment, detrimental. That's a four-syllable word. These people don't wipe their ass for fun. And they can use a four-syllable word. That's cool. I'm not pitching about 76. I just, you know, it seems like a seems like something that wasn't thought through, in my opinion. So the Blood Eagles are led by three different leaders. The Blood, the Eye, and the Claw. They do this just in case one or two die, uh, it leaves one person in control. Any Blood Eagle can rise to the ranks by challenging the higher members. All forms of challenge are taken seriously. There's even one case on the wiki that it states... Uh, Someone challenged somebody to a tabletop game, and uh, that is taken completely seriously, even if it's something as trivial as a tabletop game. Like I said, cheating is not tolerated in any form. So you can you can mutilate somebody just for shits and giggles. But if I catch you, if I catch you taking, uh, if I catch you taking extra Uno cards or slipping extra Uno cards away, for anything non-lethal, it comes down to a two out of three to determine who wins. The winner ranks up and the loser either willingly steps down or is executed on the spot. Thanks to this, most members don't have long lifespans. That being said, I would like to talk quickly about the different ranks. I don't have anything written down in my notes, but I do have the wiki in front of me. Give me just a moment. So this is for the blood. As one of the three leaders of the Blood Eagles, the Blood has the duty to add new recruits to the Blood Eagles by means of abducting potential recruits and bringing them to Dagger's Den, where they get forcibly addicted to chems, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Having experienced the Blood cruelty first, the Blood's cruelty firsthand, Beckett refers to them as true monsters who give him nightmares. The other rank is the Eye. And there's even less on the eye. It just says that he's one of the eye is one of the three leaders of the Blood Eagles. The Claw is actually a founding member, which I'm again like this is one that I would go into when I go into Beckett. This is Beckett's brother, Frankie the Claw Beckett. Um, I was just reading something quick here. He was forced to eat spiked buff out and then a full jar of eyeballs. That's fun. Uh, I this is another one that I will talk about when we talk about Beckett, but he's just another high-ranking member. It seems like the blood is, like, the highest, which is cool. These uh, leaders recruit other members through drug, drug addiction. They offer a spike dose of buff-out, then withhold that buff-out from them when they get addicted and force them to join, saying you either join, take the petition, take the oath, what have you, or you'll die of a, of a, a craving. What's the word I'm looking for? Withdrawals. 
they also do this with people that don't indulge in chems. They just force them to take the drugs. <laughs> uh, they often use robots and dogs to carry out attacks. All of the Watoga Underground robotic security detail was hacked for the Blood Eagles. They often attack the Blue Ridge Caravan Company. They most likely attack the caravan when they're coming through the Big Bend Tunnel. Their camps all have sirens that alert all the Blood Eagles and release the hounds, and some leaders have been seen wearing power armor. Why? Power armor... Not to be that guy, again, I'm sorry, but, like, Fallout 1... I'm not sure about Fallout 2. 3, New Vegas... You all needed power armor training. And fine, if you're in the military in Fallout 4, but your wife's a lawyer, how does she know how to get in it? Just some extra stuff on the Blood Eagles. They have their own unobtainable paint job for uh, combat armor, trapper armor, and raider power armor. They were first introduced during the Steel Dawn and Steel Rain updates, which is neat. The Blood Eagle, this is behind the scenes, the Blood Eagle is a ritual method of execution. The Blood Eagle is a ritual method of execution detailed in late skaldic poetry. According to the two instances mentioned in the sagas, the victims were placed in a prone position. Their ribs were severed from the spine with a sharp tool and their lungs pulled the opening to create a pair of wings. I did know about that and I was wondering why they were called the Blood Eagles and I guess it's because they torture people. The first time I heard about that, I was watching the movie Midsummer. That movie rips. Uh, if you've never seen Midsummer, please watch Midsummer. That movie's so good. I think that's just about everything on the Blood Eagles I have. There's just one thing that, like, when I was reading this, maybe because I've, I've been feeling inclined to write lately, I thought of, like, that post-apocalyptic feeling and how um, I wish 76 had it more, where, like, that Big Ben tunnel and there's a bunch of Blood Eagles, like, on, on uh, like, an opposing side of the mountain or something with a small camp and they're eating and they're talking and smoking cigarettes and maybe even doing light chems. And they're, there's just that tension of, okay, we're waiting for a Blue Ridge caravan to come through. And that feeling of, of dread and detriment and knowing that like, Hey, this seems like an easy job, but they could be, they could be extra stocked. They could have extra security. And this could be like my last job and I'm just doing this quick hit because I'm a chem addict. Like all these like little things that I wish 76 kind of touched upon more. And I don't hate 76 as much as I might bitch and moan about it. It's just I feel like it could have been a lot better. And I feel like that kind of um, feeling that is missing from it is because of the environment, honestly. Everything's really clean. I really want that desperate, desolate destruction that I think comes with the apocalypse. Uh, I also think that like 76 is ripe for storytelling. I think it's, it's perfect uh, for a lot of things. There's a lot of stories that could be told, even just fanfic. I mean, look at, look at Chad. Chad is a, is a perfect example of storytelling in 76 because they made it. When this, the game had no story. So there's it's obviously a canvas. And I don't bitch about it because I hate it. Because I don't hate it. I just wish it. I, I, it's like when you like get mad at somebody because they didn't do a better job on something. Just, you know, that's how I'm feeling. But I think that's it. I think that's lore. So 
Okay, I talked about this with Kyle a little bit on the last episode uh, towards the end. But have you guys seen this dude, like, impersonating me? Um, I don't know where it came from. Um, he's got a gray hat. I think he's wearing a brown shirt, some brown-shirted imposter that keeps messing with me. And not even messing with me because he's not, like, attacking me or saying it. He's just pretending like he's me. Like, he comes over and he's like, hey, guys, it's me. It's Vince. This is the Fallout lore or something. Like, he just I, – I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've been seeing it. I just – I don't know. I think it's weird. Like, I think it's funny, but, like, it's, like, also kind of weird. Like, I never thought that I would have somebody who's pretending to be me. <laughs> uh, you know, just something that, like – I don't know. When you when you put yourself on the internet, you're, you're, you're free game. Like, essentially, people are going to talk a bunch of shit because they're behind a screen or – like, I always say that I want feedback on the show. And that could be anything. That could be, I don't like the way you do this, or maybe try this, or do that before that, and try this, and flip this, and do... That's feedback. When someone just comes in and goes, you look dumb, and your face is dumb, and your beard's whack. Like, what did you offer constructively there? I'm all for any for form of criticism. You have the right to have your opinion on anything. But at the same time, if you're just going to show up and be like, you're dumb because you wear those glasses, you Yeah. What are you what are you contributing towards the conversation? And like this guy's like not contributing anything towards the conversation. He's just pretending that he's me. So I'm like in a weird spot where I'm like, what do I what do I say? I haven't messaged him. I haven't said anything, but like I don't know. I'm in a like I said, I'm in a really, really, really weird position. <laughs> so, okay, I don't know if you guys have been following this or not, but there's some girl who was like apparently doing YouTube videos or something, and she went missing, and like the boyfriend, like absolutely allegedly might have killed her. And it's this whole thing, like I I I never do I ever check Facebook unless I want to see what wild shit white people are up to. And I go on and all I see is these these white girls that like I went to school with that are the typical white girls you went to school with like in a small town that are still in the small town, which is there's nothing wrong with still being there. I'm just saying like they're just there. Like they all do the same shit. Like they still drink heavily on the weekends and shit. I'm just trying to paint a picture. I'm not judging these people. Okay. But like I see all these these photos of this girl and she's – you know, she's a decently looking girl. She's this blonde girl that she's missing and this and that. And the boyfriend and her went someplace in a truck or, or, or a van or something. And then all of a sudden she just – he comes back. She's not there. The police the, – they found her body in like Wyoming or Wisconsin or something. Uh, and like they want to charge the, the, the boyfriend's family and the police department or something because they had to have known about it or like had tips about it being the boyfriend or something and – all that to be said, Kyle texted me like a week ago. This reminded me of it. Week ago, two weeks ago, maybe even three. I'm not sure. Like I said in the past, time management, not always my strong suit. But Papa texts me and tells me that there was a body in our hometown, like four blocks, five blocks, six blocks away from Kyle's house. There was a dead body found in somebody's backyard. I lived in a small town in the middle of nowhere in one of the worst states in the United States, states, and 
like this is not the type of shit that you would see. Like, yeah, there was probably like people went missing in my town or there was people that did X, Y, or Z. But like so this guy gets just found in this in his in this woman gets found in this guy's backyard and like there was there was thoughts that like he murdered his wife and buried her in the backyard and then there was thoughts that like maybe he was um maybe he was uh what's the what am i looking for what is the word i'm looking for maybe they were sick she got sick maybe she had covid or something and she died and he just didn't have the money to have a proper funeral but like the kids called and were like hey what's up with uh mom not being around for the past like 2 3 months Oh, she's sick? Okay, they sent the cops there. It was a whole thing. Like, what, what, what? What's going on? <laughs> Why are people going missing? Why are people disappearing? Um, Why are people, like, when did that stop being a thing? When did cemeteries become, like, a real thing? Let's, you know what? Let's, let's do a little Google search. When did sem, uh, Terry's? When did cemeteries start? In the book. What book? In the book, you'll note that cemeteries, as we know them today, first emerged in 1830 with a rural cemetery movement. As you mentioned, Americans had always buried their dead, but did so in churchyards, town commons, or municipal burial grounds. What book are they referencing, Google? Where did the idea of cemeteries come from? The word cemetery has its origins in the Greek word for sleeping place, and it is land meant for burial. The term was originally applied to the Roman catacombs. A graveyard is a term that can be interchangeably used, but refers specifically to a churchyard burial ground. I worked with a woman who grew up as a Metanite. And for those who don't know what Metanite or Metanism, I guess, is, it's not the bad guy from Kirby. Uh... They're essentially Amish, but, like, they have cell phones. And if you don't know what Amish are, imagine it's, like, 1899 and they want to live like that. They can use some modern stuff, but, like, only if, like, the grand head of all Amishdom says, okay. But I've also seen Amish people drive cars, which is, like, not a thing. Like, they have to, they have to, like, they have to, like, use horse and buggy. Um, I don't know why, but in my mind, I still picture them using that in London, which I know is wrong. She told me that, like, they buried her father in his backyard because that's where he wanted to be. And how do you get, like, the zoning permits for that? What if you sell the house and someone's like, you know, we're going to put a pool in the backyard. And then here's George. Here you go. Like, do they do they do six feet? And like, I don't know what Meta Knights believe in. And like, that's another thing. Early on in the show, we were like, we can make fun of the deaf. We can make fun of the Amish. Who else was it? The deaf and the Amish, I remember, because they're not going to see this. They're not going to hear this. It's a podcast. They're, they don't even have radios, the Amish, I don't think. They might, but I don't think they do. No, why would they? Because they could, then they could listen to secular music. But like... What do you, how do you bury someone in the backyard? And like, that must have been a thing. Like, I have a buddy who's playing Red Dead Redemption and he's saying about how, like, oh, there's so much like little things in it, which there is. And like, there's these little hints, these little details and whatnot. And he's like, oh, yeah, you just talk to this person, like, oh, grandma's in the backyard. How? Like, how would you do that today? I just think it's interesting. I just think it's neat. 
So I, we learned something today. So cheers to you guys for learning something. But I think that's everything. I think it's just about everything I want to talk about for this week. Again, I apologize for the shorter episode. Still trying to figure it out. But now that Kyle's here as a producer, now that Kyle's here as a producer, uh, we can kind of, he can kind of like help me out a little bit and not have to be a full, 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 full part of the show and still be here. But now that he's here, we can, we can do some stuff. We can, we can change things up and we can kind of move in the right direction. Thank you for being here. You can download the show anywhere that you can get a podcast, watch us on YouTube. And if you liked our intro music, you can check it out at silvermansounds.com slash free music, where you can find Feather Duster and a slew of other free songs that all slap. They're all heaters. Thank you to the Patreon for supporting us. If you'd like to support us in a smaller, one-time kind of way, we do have a Redbubble where you can buy some merchandise that myself and the former host Olive have made and put on there. Make sure you join the Discord. We're always talking about something, and it's where you can get a certain piece of lore read if you want for the week. Again, if you find these videos of this guy like impersonating me, just let me know, because uh, I don't know how many are out there. Yeah, let me know if you see this guy, because I want to know what's up. Like, I'm kind of, like, hesitant to message him. But let me know. Somebody call me. Somebody leave a message. Leave a voicemail. If avocados are on sale, let me know. Want to make some guac for the weekend. Weekend guacamole. Ha-ha. Ho-ho. Uh, hopefully I play D&D tomorrow. Uh, be safe. Call somebody you love. Have a deep conversation. I love you. Be safe. Kisses, I don't fuck. Bye, Kyle. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Gulman Entertainment Production.